Howdy, y'all, and welcome back to the Oklahoma Today podcast, bringing you all the best our state has to offer. This week, we are going electric with Steve Jenkins at the Bob Dylan Center in Tulsa. But first, our rockin' and rolling question of the week. We asked you, who should be the next music icon that brings their archives to Oklahoma? First up, Editor-in-Chief Nathan Gunner. Uh, I want I want to open the Fleetwood Mac Center for band dysfunction. <laughs> uh, I think that that would have a, a, a willing audience here. No, um, I don't know. I really want, uh, I want Garth Brooks to open his friend's in low places restaurant. I don't know why that hasn't happened yet. <laughs> um, and I would like to advocate for a return of the Roger Miller Museum. Yes. That would, those would be mine. Yeah. The, the king of the road. The king of the road needs uh, a palace on the road. <laughs> the mother road, specifically. <laughs> yeah. Managing editor Carly Ibarra. This is really hard because I want all of the, the iconic musicians to open centers in Oklahoma. But I don't know. I mean, David Bowie is my favorite. So how cool would that be? It would make answer. absolutely no Good sense, answer. but it would be awesome. Yeah, I agree. 100% agreed. <laughs> yeah. Good uh, photo editor Megan Rossman. Um, I would really like Prince's Haunted Man to open here. <laughs> and it would, of course, have a collection of his things in it, and I would also live there <laughs> with his ghost. You could be the artist in residence, Megan. I, yeah, you I would be in residence. I don't even need to be the artist. <laughs> you absolutely could. I think that just I mean, I know he's very committed to Minnesota. His spirit say, I think, is. I think but Paisley Park is kind of parked. Yeah, yeah, but, you know, we're just we're dreaming here. Yeah, exactly. Good one, though. Good answer. What about All you, Ben? Right. Research editor and, and music neophyte, Ben Lucian. Ben, you know, if you know what music is, we can explain it. I, th- I think I do. Okay. Um, oh, right. That's right. You're the biggest music so I've person got, on the staff. I've got, uh, you might not have heard of this band, but uh, maybe Britney Spears should open up. Oh, heck yeah, Britney. Bring it ha- bring it on home to Oklahoma, man. So yeah. I read the question carefully, and there was nothing that said it. this had to be, uh, you know, a logical choice. But, no, yeah. Uh, yes. we, we don't have a logical choice in the bunch yet. Oh, so right. That would be fun. Yeah. Uh, it would be fun. Um, it's very much, uh, it would be just a huge attraction. I think so. Uh, yeah. So I think we should get on that. I completely think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm here for it. Yeah. I'm absolutely here for it. I hope that you, if you, that ever happens, that you'd be able to take a Hit Me Baby one more time kickboxing class. <laughs> I'd just take it on down to the crossroads. And <laughs> uh, Would you like your receipt printed? No, just email it to my heart. <laughs> <laughs> like the, it just it all writes itself. I'm pretty sure like the included uh, juice bar would be called toxic. <laughs> <laughs> and further Britney Spears jokes. Oh, Britney. Uh, I am making my pitch uh, right now for the Weird Al Presidential Library and Slightly Off Center, uh, which, uh, much like Dylan, the esteemed Mr. Yankovic, is not from Oklahoma, but he did film his Oscar award-worthy magnum opus, UHF, in and around Tulsa, Guthrie, Dylan, Yankovic. Let's make this happen. <laughs> Agreed. Nice. I'm here for it. Okay. I, like the, I like this question. What did our friends on social media say? Uh, a lot. A lot. Mich- uh, Melissa Mitchell Seifert, among many, many others, uh, said Reba. And the fact that you don't even have to say her last name is a pretty good indicator of her icon status. The Reba Center. We're getting a restaurant. She's opening a restaurant down in Tulsa. I agree. If only now we just need to get her to put her archives on it. That's right. Uh, Shelly Landis Scoville uh, also said Reba, but mentioned Jimmy Webb, Vince Gill, and Carrie Underwood. All good. Uh, Deborah Myers suggested Leon Russell, or as we call him around the office, Neon Leon. Uh, We kind of have that in the church studio. Yeah. Well, I was about to say, exactly. Uh, Dee Morris says J.J. Kale or David Gates. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sharon Good mentioned uh, our friend in low places, Mr. Garth Brooks. (laughs) Uh, And uh, Patrick Reynolds goes way outside the box, but in a good way, and suggests we try to get Iggy 
Iggy Pop and or Joni Mitchell to You're set up their base in the cool. Sooner State. Right? Did you guys see Joni's performance at Newport? I did not. Oh man, it was amazing. It was amazing. I was crying more ugly than Winona Judd was. <laughs> it's true. Uh, well, uh, speaking of uh, music legends and their uh, centers, let's talk to Steve Jenkins with the Bob Dylan Center in Tulsa. And now we are extremely excited to welcome in Steve Jenkins, who is the director of the Bob Dylan Center Museum in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Steve, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much, Greg. Very happy to be here. Well, uh, I, all our readers know by now because they've already received the issue, but we had uh, Bob on our cover uh, of, uh, of the most recent issue. And, um, and, and it has been a really, it's been extremely well received. Uh, let's just say that a lot of people are excited about the Bob Dylan center. Um, for, for anyone who hasn't read the story or hasn't been out there, would you mind telling us a little bit about it? I'd be happy to. So the Bob Dylan center here in Tulsa's, uh, downtown arts district is the permanent home now of the Bob Dylan archives. This is a collection of some 100,000 items, believe it or not, both uh, physical and digital, that uh, Dylan, as it turned out, had been saving for 60 plus years throughout his remarkable career. You know, he's he's rather a private person, and so this was largely unknown uh, that he was indeed holding on to things. But when it came time for him to decide what to do with all of this material, he wanted to find a permanent home, and uh, to our great good fortune, he chose Tulsa. Uh, so uh, through the uh, largesse of the George Kaiser Family Foundation, which of course has done so much good for Tulsa in so many ways, and which had previously opened the Woody Guthrie Center, which is our sister organization, uh, we were able to acquire the Dillon Archives. And we built the center to showcase the trove of materials that we have here. These are artifacts spanning Dylan's, uh, you know, still thriving career. He's still going strong at age 81, uh, going back to the early 60s, uh, charting his growth from, you know, folk singer very much in the Woody Guthrie tradition to really exploding the pop song in the mid 60s, bringing a whole new vocabulary to it. So we see handwritten lyrics journals, notebooks, uh, rare photographs, uh, film clips, uh, home movies, uh, the jacket that Dylan wore at the Newport uh, Folk Festival. So that kind of memorabilia. Yeah. And of course, lots and lots of recordings. And all of this material, I believe, gives us a previously uh, a, 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 you know, unknown look into Dylan, not only his life and work, but but really, truly the creative process. And that's what we're most interested in, which is how has this one figure remained so relevant, so uh, able to capture the zeitgeist, so gifted in wordplay and in musicianship over the course of 60 years? What has been the artistry and the creativity behind that? And that's really what these archival materials uh, allow us to showcase and highlight. Um, so for visitors who come in, uh, it's very much a museum-like setting with galleries uh, spread across two floors, 15,000 feet of exhibition space, and all sorts of materials where you can really delve deep into Dylan and his life and work. Man, I, I mean, you know, I, I can't imagine there's a single Bob Dylan super fan out there who has not uh, gone ahead and booked that flight to Tulsa. Um, because this is, uh, you're absolutely correct. 
unprecedented. Uh, we are you, you guys have uh, a, a through line to one of the uh, most impactful careers in American music. Um, and to be able to take that from those early days and see uh, all the threads that have spread out and the way that he has really shaped uh, the music industry. I mean, it's fascinating. And to have that in Tulsa, uh, I, again, is um, and, and to have kind of the blessing, I guess, of Bob Dylan. He, uh, he said, you know, yes, I want this in Tulsa. Absolutely. He he chose Tulsa specifically. He let, you know, Dylan was not born in Oklahoma. He, of course, he's come through Tulsa and other places in, in, in our state uh, to play shows many, many times over the years. Uh, but he grew up in the small town of Hibbing, Minnesota. Of course, he quickly made his way at age 18. Uh, he wanted to escape, you know, comfortable suburbia. And like so many artists before and after, he made his way to New York City. Uh, he's really been a global citizen in the truest sense. Uh, you know, when he's asked where he lives, he almost always says on the road. Uh, because <laughs> this is, you know, a man who's 81 years old, who was still playing about 80 concerts a year and shows no sign of slowing down. Um, so he could have done this anywhere. He could have found a home from the archives, maybe closer to his home studio in Malibu or perhaps in New York or even Hibbing. But he liked Tulsa. He likes the fact that the Woody Guthrie Center is here because, of course, Guthrie was his his chief formative influence. Um, he likes what he calls the hum of the heartland, which I think is a wonderfully poetic phrase that that neither romanticizes nor condescends. Mm -hmm. It just acknowledges that there's something special about this region uh, that he picked up on. He has also commented on the importance of the Native American community here in Tulsa and that we are on that land. Uh, and uh, for all these reasons and feeling like the materials were in the good hands of the Kaiser Foundation and those of us on staff now who are fortunate enough to be stewarding these materials, that this was the place. Uh, so we now have on one block the Guthrie Center and the Dillon Center. I, I think, you know, arguably the, uh, the, the two of the, the, the most important figures in American music and American culture for the 20th and now the 21st centuries. And it really makes for a, a, a striking um, afternoon if one has the time and the stamina to to visit both centers in one fell swoop. You, you really get a compelling story about American music and culture and society and how these two figures have intersected with those movements. And as you say, really shaped the, the culture in, in many senses. Uh, so quite rare also for us to do this while while the the man at the center of it all is very much alive and well and continuing exactly. to write his own story. Uh, you know, one thing that I you you have such a wealth of material. And I'm sure in many ways it was um, heart wrenching trying to decide what was going to be on display, what was going to be held back. Are there anything that you and the staff have looked at? I, I, I have got to assume that you have a, a roadmap for uh, bringing things out of the archive and putting them on display. Um, you know, wh what's that process like? Sure. Well, you know, th this is both the, the the fun and the challenge of dealing with a collection that's so large and really any center or museum 
uh, tends to grapple with this, where there's much, much more in the holdings than there is available wall space uh, in the galleries. So uh, like many other museums and centers, we will be rotating materials. For example, on our second floor, we have what we call the archive, the archive wall. And this is a hundred some objects in 90 some boxes <laughs> uh, that really convey the breadth and depth of what we have in, in the archive. So for example, uh, one of the kind objects like the tambourine that inspired Dylan to write the song, Mr. Tambourine Man, or the costume that he wore in a, a very curious but wonderful film called Masked and Anonymous. Uh, and we've, you know, we've got his, his wonderful threads from, from that uh, character that he played in the, and the costume that he wore and all sorts of things in between a letter written from uh, Dylan to Jimi Hendrix, commenting on Hendrix's version of All Along the Watchtower. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, we have an equally fascinating letter from Johnny Cash to Dylan that uh, is filled with wonderful wordplay. They, they had this lovely friendship and, a, you know, they really had a mutual admiration society. And you see that in this letter. Uh, fan mail. Um, original album artwork, so much more, uh, but there's plenty more to show. So uh, it's really my colleague, Mark Davidson, um, our Dr. Mark Davidson, who is our uh, uh, director and curator of the archives, as well as our director of exhibitions. It, it's, it's Mark who has delved deep into each and every item that we have in the collection. And he's doing some very careful thinking about the best ways to show material on a rotating basis. And really for all of us, the questions are, what stories can we tell? What context can we place these items in? Uh, because we wanna make sure that these archival materials are brought to life, that they feel contemporary, that they feel relevant, uh, that they shed light on more than just themselves, if that makes sense, that they, again, they, they, they convey where Dylan was at this uh, different times in his career, what he might have been thinking, choices he was making, uh, creative journeys he was on. And uh, we do that uh, currently on the first floor. We have an area in the Columbia Records Gallery called Six Songs, where we delve into the writing, the recording, the producing, the performing, and the afterlives of a half dozen Dylan songs. So some of these are Tangled Up in Blue, uh, Like a Rolling Stone, uh, released uh, just yesterday, by the way, in 1965. So we just had a Like a Rolling Stone anniversary. As an aside, that song never fails to sound like it was made today or even tomorrow. It still sounds ahead of everything else that's come since. Um, nonetheless, we go deep into these songs and we have these wonderful materials and we will on occasion uh, swap out, uh, you know, the man in me or Joker man or not dark yet for equally wonderful, complex uh, Dylan tunes. And we can go deep into the histories of those songs. So there will be opportunities to uh, swap in and out we also have a, a gallery on the second floor that is set up for rotating exhibitions by artists who are not Dylan himself, but who might have uh, direct or tangential connections to Dylan. Our inaugural exhibition in this gallery, the Parker Brothers Creators Gallery, is um, Jerry Schatzberg. Uh, photographs. Schatzberg famously took uh, the photo um, that adorns the cover of Blonde on Blonde, Dylan's uh, a landmark album from 65. Uh, 
Uh, we have many other images uh, by Schatzberg uh, that will run for the next several months. It's really a knockout show. And then we will follow that up with a, a whole host of uh, rotating exhibitions featuring the work of other artists. You know, uh, this is, uh, it, it's almost like an everlasting spring of material for you guys because um Bob Dylan, obviously so prolific, uh, so creative for so long. Um, but beyond that, the tendrils uh, of his career have reached out and touched so many people that that I can't imagine that that you don't have uh, creators and artists you know, banging down the door saying, I, I want to be that next exhibition. I want to be associated with this. We are getting inquiries. And of course, here on staff, we all have our own wish list of, <laughs> of our favorite artists. Look, some of them have already answered the call. Elvis Costello uh, has curated our jukebox, which is here in the galleries. And in typical Costello fashion, you know, he has just an encyclopedic knowledge of, of popular music in all of its many manifestations. So he came up with a list of 160 some songs that are now on our jukebox and visitors can come in and pull up a song or two and listen in through the headphones that they're given when they check in. These are these are Dylan obscurities. These are songs by kindred artists cover versions. I promise you some things you've never heard before. Uh, so, you know, to, to, to have Elvis involved is, is just an incredible honor. Uh, Chris Hillman, uh, you know, founding member of the birds and the flying burrito brothers. Yeah. He stopped in last week and he's seeing a bit of his own history here with uh, the tambourine. I mentioned, you know, it was the birds of course that popularized a number of Dylan's earliest songs. Yeah. So something like Mr. Tambourine man, really the birds uh, made it popular. And so for Chris to, you know, just uh, he essentially invented what we think of as country rock yeah. or whatever you might want to call it for him to look back at his own musical history from 55 years ago is so moving. And um, and yes, lots and lots of folks coming through and we will have a, a robust series of public programs, exhibitions. So we'll be highlighting the work of, of a lot of different musicians and artists in the coming months and years. And, and as you say, the, the possibilities are, are limitless. Do you um, ever go home? Like, I, I, I'm just I'm, I'm thinking to myself, I would probably put a cot down and try and stay because it just it's, it's like a kid in a candy store. Uh, well, it's pretty exciting to be here, I must say. And I think I speak for everyone on staff, all of us who work for the American Song Archives. That's the organization that runs both the Dillon and the Guthrie Centers. And, you know, we're look, we're all fans as well as being professionals, whether we're curators or educators or administrators or managers. We're all doing our part to keep these centers going and to do justice to the material at the heart of them. Uh, but I think it's fair to say that, yes, we're all, you know, we, we can't get enough. I mean, if I do go home, I'm usually putting on more Dylan there. <laughs> um, uh, I've been listening a lot to in the summertime, a lovely song from the Shot of Love album, which is sort of helping me get through this heat wave um, <laughs> uh, that we're having here in Tulsa and through so much of the country. So, uh, yes, I mean, look, you this is a, a guy who you could never uh, in a way, get enough of. You know, th this is someone who has maintained a sense of mystery and mystique, even in our online world, you know, where now we know everything about everyone. 
you know, far be it for me to say this is who Bob Dylan is. None of us know. I don't know what Bob knows. Maybe none of us know ourselves really when you get down to it. So we're not trying to define him or say, hey, we've got you figured out. Uh, on the contrary, we want to open up even more possibilities. We want to ask more questions. Uh, we want dialogue and 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 debate. Uh, so it's really fun to be here and talk to visitors. You mentioned that uh, you know the diehard Dylanologists are are coming in. Yes, they are. They're making pilgrimages from uh, from near and far. Whether they're doing road trips from far flung locales in the states or booking plane reservations and making the trip from Germany or Dubai or where, wherever it might be. Um, it, it, it's been very gratifying to hear from these folks that uh, the, the, the destination uh, uh, merited the journey. Oh my gosh. Uh, I, I am, I, as a, um, as a reader and a writer, I am so excited as well for what, uh, some of the material is going to be because I, I researchers have also got to be uh, getting in touch with you guys. I mean, how many books are going to come out of access to this material? Yes. Uh, how many uh, how many new stories are we going to learn about uh, because this is all available now? That's a great point. There were many more stories to tell. And, uh, you know, even before we opened the center um, at an offsite location near the Gilcrease Museum, we've had the materials available for scholars and academics to come in and research. And, and books already have, have come from that. Um, uh, the writer Terry Gans, who's based in Florida, has written a wonderful book about the making uh, and the meaning of the album Infidels from 1983, for example. Uh, such a rich record with with such endlessly complex songs. And we are setting up here at the center a library like space um, where vetted researchers uh, will come and, you know, with white gloves on, uh, be able to page through the handwritten lyrics, the journals, uh, the other materials. And we will be looking to them to unearth stories and and as you say tendrils and and different potentials from this material and uh yes there's there's much more to to plumb and to uh to analyze and to uh think about and reflect on what, um, what a treasure for tulsa you know i, I, mean, I think so i mean I, I i look i'm a newcomer myself uh that this dream job brought me from california uh to uh to tulsa uh, previously, my association really had been S.E. Hinton and those books that all of us read as teenagers and the films that Coppola made, which still mean the world to me and to so many people. Uh, so to be walking the streets where Motorcycle Boy and Rusty James uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, prowl the streets um, is 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 pretty great in and of itself. But of course, Tulsa has become this just thriving uh, center. We have a very rich arts and culture ecosystem. Oh, uh, there's a wonderful diversity here. Uh, the, the Native American uh, presence in history, of course, acknowledging Greenwood and and that ugly chapter. And, but you know what we need to do is learn from that. And yeah. uh, and I think the city has been good um, about delving into its own past and, and trying to come to terms with it. I want to mention one figure in particular who it's such an honor to be working with, and that's Joy Harjo. Uh, Joy just wrapped up her third term as U.S. Poet Laureate. She lives right here in Tulsa yeah. and, you know, is a proud member of Muscogee Nation. She's brought so much 
uh, of her poetry and of her ethos and her her sensibility. And she plays a mean saxophone uh, <laughs> to, to Tulsa. And, and as our first art in, in artist in residence, um, Joy will be doing uh, quite a bit to further enliven the programming here. Uh, just another example of of the diversity of voices and curatorial approaches that we're eager to take. Yeah. Uh, well, Steve, thank you so, so, so much for taking some time out of your day to, to talk to us about the uh, Bob Dylan Center. Uh, folks, if you haven't been yet, what are you waiting for? Honestly, uh, it, go to BobDylanCenter.com. Uh, you can find out all the information there uh, about location, ticketing, uh, wh- uh, when it's open. Um, I personally am going to buy a pair of white gloves uh, for for all uh, Dylan associated. I'm not even a researcher. I just really want to wear gloves. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, you're Steve- welcome to. You can wear a mask, too. We're masked up again because of this current wave that's going around. So please know as visitors, you'll be very safe and secure here. We are open Wednesday through Sunday, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Same hours as Guthrie Center. We would love to see you here. I think you'll really find a lot of surprises. Oh, man. So great. Uh, And uh, um, Steve, once again, thank you for coming on. And uh, and folks, if you haven't yet, my gosh, the Bob Dylan Center. It is, uh, I, I can't tell you how excited we were to have the story. I know the city of Tulsa is uh, is beaming with pride at having this uh, join uh, the 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 depth and breadth of all of the arts uh, in in that very art focused city. So um, uh, thank you again, and Steve, if at all possible, I would love 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 to have you back on again uh, uh, later on when there's some new uh, exhibits coming in. Um, please do keep us advised. Absolutely, Greg. It would be my pleasure. Really appreciate your interest. I'm excited to see that place. I haven't seen it yet. It's like really, really high on my list of new places to to go very, very soon. And and having talked to Steve, it sounds like you are uh, in good company because so. it, people around the world are putting that on their uh, on their destination sure. list. Uh, all right, it is now time for us to once again plumb the depths of TravelOK.com's calendars for our weekly pod events. And first up this week is Megan. Well, whether you call it a ukulele or an ukulele, Jake Shimabakuro is the man you want to hear play it. The Honolulu native has been nicknamed the Jimi Hendrix of ukulele and gained a large following after a video of him performing George Harrison's While My Guitar Gently Weeps went viral in 2005. When you hear him perform original melodies or famous hits like Bohemian Rhapsody, or various Beatles songs, you may want to gently weep as well. So come weep in unison at the Oklahoma City's Tower Theater on August 9th as Shimabukuro pulls big-time sound out of a little four-string guitar. For more information, visit TowerTheaterOKC.com. And that is theater, R-E, not uh, E-R. Thank you. Just so you know. Hey. That sounds like fun, though. Also, mm-hmm. if you look out for a November-December issue, we're going to have an entire story about ukulele it's stuff true. in Oklahoma. If you want to take up the ukulele oh, are after they? being inspired yeah. by that mm-hmm. concert, you'll be able to read our, our next issue. You'll be able to make all sorts of people weep. It's right, yeah. Uh, all right, next up is... Ben. Well, you all, I can't hide it anymore. I'm in love. <laughs> I'm in love, and I feel compelled by my very nature to do that which all those in love must do. Carve our heavenly predestined pair of initials into a big old tree. <laughs> but this morning, 
Just as I was about to carve BL Hearts HS into the side of a hundred-year-old oak tree, someone ran up to stop me. Stop that, they said. Instead of desecrating this innocent oak, how about getting your carving urges out in a more productive way by attending the Wood Carving and Folk Art Festival this Friday and Saturday at the Central Park Community Center in Broken Arrow. There you can see the work of experts in the fields of wood carving, wood turning, weaving, stained glass, blacksmithing, basket weaving, and much more. Plus, there will be seminars for beginners ages 13 and older each afternoon, as well as demonstrations and displays of various wood art uh, forms. Wow. Wood art wood forms. Wood art forms. I like yes. that. <laughs> uh, you really shouldn't miss it, the stranger said. So I lowered my knife. <laughs> this sounds great, I said, but I'm afraid I am too poor to attend. I've spent all my money and savings on extravagant gifts for my love, H.S. The stranger smirked. Aha, but you can attend, they said, for this festival is free admission. I was in awe. I seemed, it seemed too good to be true, but I still had one more question for this wise stranger. I said, okay. I hear what you're saying, but how will I let the world know of my devoted love for H.S.? Every man, woman, and living creature must know of our bliss. And to that, the stranger simply said, have you tried updating your Facebook relationship status? <laughs> I dropped a knife in an instant. You, my friend, are brilliant. Who are you? How can I repay you? The stranger turned away from me, worry not my identity, worry not about my identity or returning favors. If you must know more, try dialing 918-251-8734 or visiting eowa.us. And just like that, the stranger faded away into the woods, where surely they are a friend to many a tree. The end. Wow. You really love high school. <laughs> Hot sauce? Hot. Uh, himself. Ah. Uh, oh. Congratulations. I hope you two will be very happy. Well, you, that's where, you know, you have that's to start there if you want to love that's anyone right. else. Yeah, that's just what like RuPaul says. says. That's right. Yeah. Wow. I'm just very happy that you dropped the knife. <laughs> I'm all, yeah. I think that's always wise. <laughs> All right, Carly, what's your event this week? The Catholic philosopher Juan Caramel E. Logkovitz wrote, God denied to men the faculty of flight so that they might lead a quiet and tranquil life. For if they knew how to fly, they would always be in perpetual danger. <laughs> I mean, for a while there, he wasn't wrong. Throughout history, there are countless stories of people trying and failing spectacularly to fly, like Icarus and those melted wax wings, John Williams using his long coat to jump off a cliff. Spoiler alert, it didn't end well. And the whole Hindenburg thing. But the modern people of Shawnee respectfully disagree with Mr. Caramel E. Lobkowitz. In fact, they celebrate one particular kind of flight at the Fire Lake Fireflight Balloon Festival. On August 12th through 13th on the Citizen Potawatomi Nation powwow grounds, there will be 20 beautiful balloons to ride and take in the picturesque countryside in one of the safest forms of travel there is, statistically speaking. For those who still want to remain earthbound, there's also inflatables for the kids, food trucks for the hungry, craft vendors for people with too much money, and an outdoor nation expo in the Fire Lake Arena for adventurers. And hey, even if you just walk around and look at the beautiful balloons, it's a free event, so it's totally worth it. Visit firelakeballoonfest.com for more info. 
Sounds like fun. I've mm-hmm. never ridden in a hot air balloon before. I, really, I haven't either. I would really like to. I haven't either. I keep thinking I'm going to get Brian a uh, hot air balloon ride for his birthday. I was up in one once. Really? How was it? Uh, it was pretty cool. It was over at UCO. So, I mean, <laughs> okay. UCO's a nice campus. Yeah. Cool. I saw all my friends. I, they were just little ants. I actually <laughs> saw a tweet the other day about hot air balloons. It was like... So, like, so can you, so can you steer? No. Now shut up while I light this flamethrower. <laughs> <laughs> or no, like, shut up and sit down in this wicker basket while I light this flamethrower. Yep. Yeah. Oh, you can't steer a hot air balloon. No. Wow. You yeah. just kind of, like, just kind of adjust the, the flame yeah. to get it to lower. Yeah, it actually does sound you, like a lot of fun. Yeah. I want to go. You can adjust the altitude. Yeah. <laughs> Everything else is really up to the wind. Yeah. But it's still safer than driving. Yeah, so. like yeah, that's true. However, it took me forever to get to work today. <laughs> you had a hot oh air balloon. Oh my god! I wish Greg came to work every day. Oh my day gosh! In a hot if air we looked out the window right here and saw him like land on top of the parking garage in a hot air balloon, <laughs> it would be like an Oklahoma City tour. Like people would come to see Greg oh land every morning. You know, his birthday is in a few days. I think we should get him a hot air balloon. <laughs> let's let's talk to the boss and see if we can't get my get me a yeah. reserved parking. We'll talk to the people. We'll talk to the people in the parking garage. Wow, uh, Nate, what's your event this, this week? This podcast has been such a journey. Um, this episode, Ooh, we should get really journey here. Oh, yeah. uh, I know at least one Sherry guy who would be very happy about that. Uh, okay, so when I was a graduate student in the mid two thousands, it was not yet cool to live in downtown Oklahoma City. But when Brian and I got together, that's where we first lived in a loft apartment on the corner of Northwest Fifth and Automobile Alley. There, one afternoon, we and some friends dropped a watermelon off the roof of our building and into the alley behind it. We were young, we were poor, we were broke, we were trying to have a good time. Predictably, it exploded and made a giant mess. Why didn't you eat it? Well, I think it was going bad, is my recollection. Like, it was not really good to eat anymore, so we just were like, let's throw it off the roof. It was dumb, I'm sorry. Uh... Luckily, the folks in Rush Springs have come up with a much better use for watermelons than my dumb friends and I, which is why more than 20,000 people each year come to the annual Rush Springs Watermelon Festival and Rodeo, which has been going on since 1948 and which happens from August 11th to 13th this year. The famous Black Diamond and Royal Sweet Watermelons will be on hand for the sampling, and if you think you got the right stuff, save those seeds for the seed spitting contest. If you've retired from your seed spitting ways, wander among the arts and crafts booths, food trucks, live music, carnival rides, and more, and definitely be sure to come on Thursday and Friday nights for the rodeo. For more information, call 580-476-3103. Also, just a pro tip, because I'm married to someone from Chickasha, don't speed in Rush Springs. Yeah. This is a well-known fact across southern Oklahoma. Do not speed there. So if you go, please obey the local speed limit. You should always do that anyway, hey, or, especially or in Rush Springs. L- listeners, as people who work for the state, let us... Let tell us encourage you, you to always follow always the law. Follow the laws. Yes. <laughs> just say, you know, sometimes you look down and you're like, oh no, I'm going too fast. Yes. Yeah. I should slow down. Well, just make sure that doesn't happen keep, in Rush Springs. Keep an eye, keep an eye on it yeah, in Rush Springs. Famous for their speed traps, all I'm saying. Yes. Right. <laughs> well, anyone who's picked up our magazine knows that the staff has a fondness for Tulsa. It's hard to imagine someone being on the ground in T Town and not finding something to love from awesome food, great museums, art, people, you name it. But did you know that being under the ground? in Tulsa is also a lot of fun? No, this isn't a commercial for a burial service. I'm talking about the Tulsa Foundation for Architecture's monthly second Saturday architecture tours, which will be heading below the surface for a look at the Tulsa Underground. Tickets are $20 uh, $20 uh, 
$5 for members and $25 for not yet members and includes a tour of the tunnels below Tulsa and some of the fascinating stories about how and why they were put there. Attendees will meet at the Hyatt Regency downtown before plunging Hades-like into the underworld for a tour (laughs) that hits six or seven different buildings without ever stepping outside. The Oklahoma Today staff got to explore those tunnels a few years back uh, for our big Tulsa issue, and it was a surprising highlight of the trip. I really loved it. It was really fun. Our uh, our tour guide looked and sounded exactly like Amy Sedaris, and she was great. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Uh, And and also just like a ton of really cool information. It was very, very fun. About about, uh, kind of the early days of Tulsa. Yep. Lots of fun. Uh, Head to TulsaArchitecture.org to get your tickets for the August 13th tour. Uh, And the sound of watermelon seeds hitting the ground means that this episode of the Oklahoma Today podcast is coming to a close. Join us again next week, or if you just can't get enough, head to OklahomaToday.com and pick up our latest issue on newsstands right now. Send your feedback to OKTPod at TravelOK.com, and we will talk to you again next week. The Oklahoma Today podcast is a production of Oklahoma Today magazine and the Oklahoma Tours and Recreation Department. Your hosts are Oklahoma Today editors Nathan Gunner, Greg Elwell, Carly Barr, Megan Rossman, and Ben Lucian. Theme song editing and production help by Oklahoma Today's production manager, Bridges Sloan. For more information, visit OklahomaToday.com. Goodbye. Goodbye. I want to know the secrets of winning a seed spinning contest. Goodbye. I'm going to go to that and I'm going to talk to the person who wins. I'm going to find out what their secret. Like, do you? Do they work out all year long? To spit seeds? Yeah. Mm. They or is probably it just, it just come naturally. They probably train with sunflower seeds or, right. or pumpkin seeds. You got to go heavier, oh, right? Peanuts. Really? You think so? Full pe- I'm guessing full peanuts. Full, in shell? Maybe quarters. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Quarters. Yeah. Yeah. No, in shell. Yeah. That sounds like it'd be bad for you. Teaspoons full of dark matter. Just. <laughs> ah.